Okay, so welcome back to the Retail Maverick show, Uncut, with me, Andrew Busby, your host. And I'm at the IRX and EDX conference at the NEC, just at the end of uh, day one. And actually, as we sit here, I can see them putting the beer and the wine out. So I'm just wondering whether we ought to cut this short or go and grab one. But anyway, um, plenty of time for that a bit later because I'm really pleased to say that I'm joined by the CEO of Little Data, Edward Upton. Edward, welcome. Thank you for having me. Andrew, uh, here we are at the IRX show. It's all very buzzy in the background, but um, it's been a fun day. Yeah, absolutely. So um, before we go any further, for those who, who don't know Little Data, tell us a little about a little bit about Little Data and your kind of journey and so forth. Yeah, so I started Little Data seven years ago to help um, direct consumer brands get super accurate journey about their super accurate data about their customer journey. So we um, have an app for Shopify and big commerce stores that enables them to link together all of the touch points from the kind of marketing channels through to the purchase, post-purchase, um, full lifetime, and then send that through into platforms like Google Analytics, um, Facebook ads, and now um, TikTok, Pinterest, and Segment, to be able to understand customer lifetime value, to measure that, uh, and to get just better insights into what converts customers into purchasing, loyal purchases. That's, uh, that's fascinating because that, that, and the reason why I say that is that it seems to be that that is one of the, um, you know, if you were to ask me, well, what do you think are the hot topics that people are discussing at the moment, then that uh, data, customer insight, customer journey, because I think that um, it's almost for retailers and for brands harder than ever for them to understand the customer journey. Yep. Exactly. I mean, so as we have been in this business for, you know, and, and probably 10 years totally, uh, it's a bit of consulting before that. And what we've just seen is every year um, competition gets stiffer for in any given niche. Um, expectations from the consumer of like smart marketing get greater. And so brands do have to just keep on upping the bar in terms of use of data. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's really challenging. So many brands want to be data-driven. They know that that's the key to having a successful, profitable business. But actually just the building blocks of like getting that stuff in, uh, making sure that it's accurate, making sure you can trust it, you're making decisions on actual accurate data is, is, is challenging. I, I've got to say that, you know, retailers have been talking about um, brand loyalty. We'll come on to that. Uh, and lifetime value for and customer journey for years and years and years and years, and I, yeah, I hear them, and it, and it's as if they they they're fully on top of that, and they understand the journey, and, and that personalization is fantastic these days. Um, I don't know. Speaking as a shopper, as a consumer, I don't think it is yet. I think we, I think it, well, the, let's be positive. I think the exciting thing is that we've got still got a long way to go, but we're now getting the tools to be able to get there. It, Yep. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's an evolution, isn't it? And I, I think if you just even look at, you've got so a headline sponsor here today at RX with Clavio. Like, obviously, most brands are doing email marketing, um, but all, a lot of it's still reasonably dumb. It's basically a big list. Um, you know, we, we send out, um, you know, these product updates every month or week, and it's not, 
it's not particularly tailored because it's really hard to actually get the understanding of what is segment your customers, understand which people want which stuff. It, it gets complex quickly. Trust me, I mean, we, we try and do it for our own customer base um, and, and it's, it's hard to do. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. We haven't sort of, we're still at the learning stages of how to do personalization and kind of retention marketing well. Yeah, yeah, and isn't it? As consumers, we're kind of, well, the way I look at it is that we're, we're always kind of one or two or three steps ahead in terms of our demands and our expectations. And, and because it's got so complex, one of the challenges for me is that to, to, do, to do this, to engage with your customer base totally in context. Yeah. And that is extremely difficult to be able to do all the time at scale. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also there's consumer expectation led because obviously you've got huge brands like Amazon that are you know, providing lots of resources to this and have, have been working for many years on uh, personalization, machine learning, etc. So we typically work with sort of small and mid-sized brands who are, you know, who having to keep up. And so, that, that, you know, really it's about um, can you simplify and, and take all the hassle out of the actual setup of the, the data capture and the uh, and then, you know, allow the, the marketer's time to be spent thinking about what's the right message, what's the right audience, yeah, what's, what's the right, right persona and yeah, that exactly. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and and as I think that's that's where we're starting to get to. The tools that are business, you know, tools for marketers that are genuinely user-friendly and don't require an incredibly steep learning curve to do something smart with. Yeah, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the brands that you're working with? Yeah, sure. So um, in the UK, uh, we work with brands like uh, Grind Coffee um, in London. So it yes, started out as a kind of... Um, very good coffee. Yeah, very good coffee. Yeah. You know, they had retail stores, classic COVID experience. All the, all their actual coffee outlets were closed down. So they're like, how, what do we do? They very quickly pivoted to a business model where they were selling coffee pods, you know, a, a kind of, um, let's say, a premium alternative to kind of Nespresso. Yeah. And... Um, and that boom, and you know, selling on subscription, and then you know, we part in the early days because obviously, quite early on, what they wanted to do is understand, okay, what are we spend all this money in customer acquisition, but what are our high lifetime value customers? How do we right. get to them? We don't, we don't want people who just taste our product one month and then decide it's not for them. We want the people that are still buying, you know, three, six, twelve months later. Yeah. And so, uh, what little data does for them is allow them in Google Analytics to kind of segment those customers out. Say, okay. This, this is the group that, you know, are, let's say three month plus loyal. And where do they come from? What do they interact with? Let's do more right. of that. Yeah. So I mentioned that kind of nicely moves on to that. You know, I mentioned we'll come back to loyalty. So let's talk about that because that's kind of what you're talking about there. And, and um, yeah. before we, we, we started this, we were saying, you know, saying that, um, you know, I, I do a, got a keynote at the moment. I put something up just to challenge perspectives saying, well, there's no such thing as loyalty. It's dead because of the cost of living crisis and all the other things that we know that, uh, so in other words, we're just going from brand to brand to brand and, and so forth, just getting best value, best price, best service, whatever it is. But you were talking uh, about customer lifetime value. Tell us a bit more about what that means for you. Yeah, sure. So I think there's, um, you know, life, lifetime value has three components to it, right? So RFM, recency, you know, how, how recent they purchase. Frequency, how often they purchase to me, and monetary value, like how much, what's the average order value? Yeah. So I think one of the misconceptions about loyalty is, you know, having people who are 
loyal in the sense that they're purchasing, um, you know, frequently, but they might be doing a steep discount. So you might just be having people who are basically discount bargain hunters. They're on your email list. As soon as yeah. you send out a, a discount code or an offer, they're going to be straight back on there. So, so are they are they loyal? Do you think or are they out to get what they can from that particular brand or retailer? Yeah, I think I think a lot of them are out to get what they can, and obviously they're they're on mailing lists from other brands, maybe even direct yeah, competitors in the right. same space. And so right. I suspect that a lot of them will just take whatever the best deal they can. Sure. But I think the, the the really dangerous thing with that sort of habit forming, you know, discount marketing is is that people wait for the next you know the, the next discount before they buy. So. Yeah, is that loyalty? I kind of agree with you. It's, I'm not sure that's true loyalty. I think I think true loyalty is having customers that actually buy into your brand story yes. and are willing to come back, pay full price. Um, and so going back to my definition of lifetime value, they are high lifetime value because they they they, they, they buy from you regularly, but they they buy a hot, you know, a decent price regularly. Yeah, no, no I, I think that's a good point. Yeah, and um, uh, I think. Uh, Apple springs to mind. Yep. Says he recording this on uh, an Android phone, uh, but um, I do recognise that it's a fantastic brand yep. and that people are loyal. Nike, I think, would be another one, and there's uh, a few others as well. I'm sure that we could, we could, yeah, we could name. But um, as you know, the, these uh, uh, the retail Maverick show is 15 minutes. We don't go over that. So let's. Um, Let's talk a little bit about uh, IRX. Yeah. Um, so I've been, um, I'll come up for air finally at the end of the day because I've been chairing the, one of the theatres, the customer experience theatre. What have you seen today? What, what's uh, what's uh, caught your eye? Yeah, I think my, my overall impression is people are still really hungry for the learning. I, I think you know, the, the theatres have been packed and, and lots of vibrant interactions. And I think... We talked about at the beginning how um, you know e-commerce is a fast-moving place. Like stuff is changing, tactics that worked even six months ago maybe don't work anymore. The marketing mix that worked six months ago needs to change. So I think these events are still valuable as a place where people actually get you know, what is happening out there in the real world right now. It's so hard, isn't it, with you know with with online content sometimes to kind of get the wood, to see the wood for the trees. Like there's so much content out there. I think sometimes events like this, you can just really, you can get in, you can pick up a little snippet, a little tidbit. Yeah. yeah, and as you can probably hear in the background, the kind of party has started, uh, but we're going to carry on, because um, we, we like that sort of thing on uh, on the Retail Maverick show. Um, yeah, that's interesting, yeah, and, and I, I think that, uh, so I, um, for those, uh, the, the listeners who know me, I am not your typical TikTok user, but... At a recent um, conference, I got chatting because I was, in, I was uh, introducing on stage a product manager from TikTok shopping. So I thought, I've got to understand what TikTok is all about. And I, after about two months, I can quite honestly say, hand on heart, it is addictive. But, and, and it's fascinating to see where we're, we're headed, you know, the trajectory, where we're heading. Forget about all the fact that, you know, US states are banning it and all the rest of it. Well, TikTok are actually, I think, are suing. Uh, yeah, it, I think. Was it, it, um, Ten- Ohio or Tennessee or somewhere like that? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but then, but anyway, we'll see how that all plays out. But but, and even if it isn't TikTok, and a, and a Chinese, it'll be somebody else in yep. the future. One day, it might be a US. Um, 
But that whole thing about, uh, in the context of e-commerce, uh, consuming digital content and doing so at an incredibly rapid rate. Yep. Um, I just wonder, you know, where are we going to be in another year's time? Yeah, well, as you say, there may well be in a whole other platform that that, um, that starts up. I mean, TikTok is interesting. We, we actually have just launched integration with TikTok as well because we, we see the brands that we work with, about a 1,000 brands globally, that they um, are increasingly, that you know, some of them are doing you know, just their own thing. Yeah. But if they're, if they're using like a Facebook acquisition strategy, they're typically now spending on TikTok as well. Not the same amount, but almost all of them are trying it. So, you know, they have the same needs to kind of have data and uh, accurate data on TikTok. And, um, yeah, time will tell whether, as you say, it, it lasts as a good channel. But I think it makes the point that, that, that there is a, it's a new thing every year that people need to get on top of and at least evaluate. It may not be for your brand, it may yeah. not work for everyone, but at least, you know, kind of consider where that is. Yeah, I was uh, saying um, earlier that I think, you know, last year it was all about the metaverse. Um, and this year we don't seem to be hearing quite so much. And I, I think that, I think the metaverse will regroup. Yeah. Uh, and I, what I say to people is, yeah, exactly. And I say keep an eye on it, but not necessarily dive uh, all in at, at, uh, at the moment. Yes. We got what have we got? We got a minute or so left. Now you're this is day one IRX. Now you're speaking tomorrow. Tell us a little That's bit. Right. Go on, um, yeah, so to pipe up your sessions. Yeah, well, what, what, we're, what we're coming earlier, really, um, it's all about loyalty and retention um, and how brands can do retention marketing, how they can improve customer loyalty. Um, it's a panel. Um, it's on at um, midday tomorrow here at Rx at Theatre One. So come along if anyone's listening. But, yeah, I'm excited. I just think it's... Retention marketing is a real buzzword at the moment, but again, it's yeah. like all those buzzwords. You know, how many people actually understand how you would do that well? I think yeah. that's the challenge. Like, what what are the actual blockers for brands going to do that right now, right here, right now? That's what we're going to cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we've got about forty five seconds left. So just to um, throw one at you, uh, next twelve to twenty four months, what do you reckon? You know, retail trends. What's going to be if you had to name one? for people to keep an eye on, what would it be? I see... Uh, I'm actually going to be a bit controversial. You know, I see, I see, having just said about retention marketing, I see that a lot of the stuff is cyclical. I think it's a buzzword this year because a lot of people are trying to say, actually, we want to cut marketing budgets, we don't want to spend so much on external acquisition and so on. I think, honestly, these things, you know, we've seen the cycle many times... I think it'll come back. I think in yeah. a year, two years' time, everyone will be back in the kind of, you know, we want to be spending money. So I think a lot of those established shop platforms are going to benefit from that. But I think, you know, the, the ones that actually drive customers are, you know, they're premium channels. People will spend on them. So yeah. I, I see, not that people will drop retention marketing, but I think the focus will go back on, like, the brands are still in it. Let's go and acquire more new customers. That is a great point to end on. And with Elton John still standing, getting cranked up in the background. Um, thanks so much, Edward Upton. Thank thanks you. for having me.